I had gone to the doctor for years saying, gosh, I'm tired all the time. I have no energy. I could sleep 12 hours and wake up and still want to sleep. And with a lot of women, I think my doctor, who is not my doctor anymore, uh, said, oh, well, you know, how much of that is you being a working mom with little kids and waking up early, you know, waking up at four or five in the morning to do your job. And so I kind of explained the fatigue away too. And after I was diagnosed with cancer and went through all my treatment and had NED, no evidence of disease, I wanted to figure out why at 41, when I ran a half marathon six months before and thought I was healthy, when I would go to the doctor, they would ask me questions. And I'm like, other than this cancer, I am totally healthy. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to figure out like what caused this. It was driving me crazy. It's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all right. Put on your magic pants and let's go. We're cruising into the power zone. Clip in, set yourself free. Come on and take a ride with me. You know what you need to know and what's it all about. Everything you need, it's on the clip out. Welcome to the Clip Out Podcast, episode 172. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. And uh, if she sounds irritated with me, it's because I made her restart this episode like three times because I kept screwing things up. So uh, Ready doesn't mean ready. <laughs> it means sort of. It means sort of, kind of ready. So there's a little peek behind the the curtain. I, uh, I was working in another window on things getting ready and didn't realize in my Zoom, I look like Kilroy I know like it was and so then I popped over if you started talking and I like wasn't on video at all and so I'm like well for the people that watch this on video clearly they want to see me obviously that's why they tune in yeah and so <laughs> that's my gift to you well thank goodness you saved everybody yes Whew. I'm the hero not all heroes wear capes honey it's true so uh I, let's. I guess let's just get right to it. What do you have in store for people this week? It is a pretty uh, epic episode, I do believe. I think so, too. Uh, rumors abound. We're going to break down the new bike and new tread coming very soon. Very soon. We have uh, tons of, of info, and so we're going to kind of uh, delineate what we know at this moment in time. Things are moving quickly. Yes, and there is uh, all kinds of new features that dropped this week. One for Android, which I was super excited about until 30 seconds later. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Uh, <laughs> I'll save my complaining. Don't worry. And then well, there's lots of fun stuff going on with the instructors. It's just a big week for news. Awesome. Well, before we get to all that shameless plugs, don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get them. You can find us while you're there. Be sure and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I have to tell you, I have to break in and tell you, somebody sent me a message today and said that Cody Rigsby on one of his rides gave shameless plugs and he said shameless plugs for his meditation classes and they thought of you. Uh, (laughs) I would get mad at him for stealing it, but I stole it, so... It's it's pretty common, but yeah. it was just I thought it was cute. They thought of you. <laughs> yes, it, that's very flattering. <laughs> it's not very often people think of me while looking at Cody Rigsby. I can tell you that. <laughs> so I guess I didn't laugh, have to laugh so hard. Yeah, no, that you really <laughs> sold it. They they believe you. They they believe you. So <laughs> anywho. I don't feel so bad. I'm going to make you start over again. What do you think about that? <laughs> no. So uh, where was I at in the shamelessly you, plugging? You were, I, I don't know, I interrupted you. Yes. Oh, we have a, a new uh, new review. Ooh. 
This is from Jesus Running Bachelor. Ooh. And they say great Todd Phillips interview. So they stumbled upon an older one, which yeah. Todd Phillips, for people who don't remember, was the guy we interviewed who was trying to raise money to help Liberia have clean water. That's right. And he was stationed like on a barge for like however many days until they reached their financial goal. With a Peloton. And he had a Peloton with him. So we talked to him about that and about his goal and his love of Peloton and, and all that stuff. And they did reach their goal, but I'm sure they're helping other places. If you want to dig that up and, and donate money, I'm sure they take it. Absolutely. Uh, and he just says, I wanted to find Todd speaking somewhere as I used to be one of the members of a church he pastored Aww. in D.C. over 10 years ago. It's a miracle the impact he and a thousand others have had on Liberia. Love the way you both conducted this interview to find out lots of details and even bring in crass humor. <laughs> You're welcome. I feel like I can take full credit for that you can. one. Yeah, yeah that's, that's definitely a gift you have. Yeah. So thanks for featuring Todd. And I'm, it's, it's also nice that it's like we could talk to a pastor and I could still kind of be me and it didn't run this guy off. So I agree. That's great too. That's so, lovely. So thank you, Jesus Running Bachelor. I'm assuming that's probably your leaderboard name, but I don't know that for a fact. You didn't put a little pound sign in front of it. So, anywho, also don't forget you can find us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash the clipout. While you're there, like the page, join the group. Every week, we will send you all the show notes with links to various articles and whatnot in a nice, concise format if you sign up for our newsletter at theclipout.com. It's absolutely free and worth twice as much. So <laughs> give that a, a look, if you will. And speaking of looking, if you just can't get enough of us and you want to see us do this instead of just listen to us do this, you can find us on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash theclipout. And while you're there, subscribe too because you'll get notifications when we post new episodes or when we post other videos sometimes. So that's a good way to check things out. So there's all of that. Let's dig in, shall we? We shall. Breaking news. Holy smokes, there is all sorts of new information this week. The, uh, the internet was all... A buzz. A buzz, a was, buzz. I was going to say a Twitter, but then there's Twitter, and Twitter's always a Twitter, because it's Twitter. <laughs> um, so, uh, information is starting to leak about the new bike and the new tread, and we've got tons of scoop. And then, of course, we're also bringing in John Mills, because he's very wired into this world, and I'm sure has all sorts of interesting thoughts. Hey, John. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for coming back. Yeah. Oh, thank you both. It's exciting stuff, right? Oh, Absolutely. my gosh. Yeah. I, I cannot think of anybody I would rather share this moment with than you. I mean, this is yeah. this is truly exciting. Well, like, and I know I mean, you're you're given, <laughs> but like John gets it on the same level. I get like sure. he's just as excited and as actually I am. uses this stuff. What, so. Right. There's that. <laughs> well, it's mutual. I thought right. the same. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. The exact same. <laughs> I think we should start with the tread. Do you guys want to start with the tread? Yes. Sure. Okay. So, all right. So here's what we're hearing. We're hearing that the smaller tread is going to be shorter, have a significantly smaller footprint. It's going to be good for apartment dwellers. And the monitor size, as we had previously heard through other articles, is going to be the same size as what's going to be on the bike. So we're looking at 23.5 inches. So, Which that is makes great sense for like manufacturing purposes on their end, that they can just mass produce the, the monitor and it plugs into both uh, fitness devices. Absolutely. Right, right. Yeah, I, I like the idea. And also from a, from a tread perspective, you know, when, when I would go to the tread studio to take a class in studio... I always liked the low profile of that monitor. You, you know, did? When I, when I got the tread, I thought, you know, having that thing in front of me, the size, 
I love that too. But when you're at the studio, that low profile, I kind of liked it. And so this design makes me think that people are going to probably enjoy it. That's great. But I will also say, plain devil's advocate, you would expect a man to say, look, it's not necessarily about size, <laughs> right? Like it can work. Yeah. Yeah, they set this up perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> this is just some ingenious marketing. <laughs> so so just to be clear though, I mean this is quite a reduction in size for the tread. I mean 31 <laughs> 31 inches on that screen to 23.5 as a woman, size does matter. And <laughs> uh, it's not a small increase. Some folks might be have a little problem with that. But yeah, I think that it works. I think it works out perfect for the reasons that you guys stated. We know, well, we don't know. We've heard reports that it's one specific manufacturer who's making the new bike and new tread. That's right. Rexon. Right. So they've got the exclusive, they're the exclusive maker. And if you're putting the same, you're making the same monitor for both devices, it just um, seems logical. So, um, and I, w- yeah, I will say just anecdotally from the people we talk to, we have talked to tons and tons of people who say that they really want to tread. And then when they see how big it is, Ooh, right, I don't want that. They're thing. like, I, especially people that live in big cities that right. they're in an apartment space is premium. And right. they see how big that tread is and they're like, where am I going to put that thing? I'm giving up, you know, 4% of my available floor space. And I think you're Absolutely. also, I think also overseas, you know, you're all the countries that, that Peloton has moved into, Germany, the UK, those are, I don't, I don't think Canada really falls in this category because Canada is much bigger. They got nothing but space <laughs> up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but European wise, in, uh, they, they definitely need the space. So I think right. this will mean that the tread can actually be shipped to all these other places now. And speaking of shipping, it probably also lowers their shipping costs. That's That's right. I'm assuming it does. You know, two things on that thought. When I'm looking at these other devices and other categories of the connected fitness space, they're all trying to create these devices that work in a small space, right? Will operate in a smaller space. So from that perspective, it makes sense as well. And then also, and we've all heard folks say, oh, I I got the tread, but they couldn't get it up to the second floor or you know, or down to the basement, you know, and so this kind of works in that scenario, too. So I, I don't to me, I think it makes a lot of sense on top of the fact that it's lower cost, likely going to be half the price. So you just get a whole nother demographic. So yeah. I, I, I wonder if at some point you'll see some sort of package deals of like get a bike and a tread for oh. X amount of money. Wow. That would be right. amazing. Yeah, that, yeah. wouldn't that oh, be nice? Yeah, yeah. I, I suspect that would be, you know, and I've been talking to a lot of folks over the last few months, a lot of them waiting for this saying I just can't fork out 4K for that thing. And I want to tread, though, if with a lower price tread, I'd be in. So yeah, I'm going to wait and hold point. out. So I know there's a market for it. You know there's a market for it. So Yeah. Well, and Peloton doesn't do anything if the numbers don't make sense. We know <laughs> right. that. Yes. Uh, Android users. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Dang. <laughs> I'm lucky on that front because I've got my Android phone, my personal phone. And then for work, you know, they provide me this iPhone. So you might so, as well use it. <laughs> yes, I use it whenever there's these Peloton things that come out that are on the iPhone. Otherwise, it just sits in the corner. Uh, well, okay. So uh, the other big thing that came out about the tread is that it's not going to have the slats. You know, they're, they're saying that it's still going to have some kind of similar cushiony thing, but it's going to be underneath that more uh, what you would typically see as a, what is that called? A belt, belt. on, yeah, right. a belt on a treadmill. So. I'm really curious about that because I love the slats on the tread. And That's you know, a huge thing. You know, not to be outdone, 
Peloton putting out a tread that utilizes a belt. I heard uh, Echelon's putting out a tread that utilizes suspenders. <laughs> I like that. that. That's a good. I'm going to use that. <laughs> you know, but I really, I'm really interested in this thing. I had an old soul treadmill for years and my knees are bad and it was rough to run on. And so, like you said, Crystal, that the slats and the comfort of the slats is a big deal for me. So if they now have a belt driven treadmill, but have incorporated in something else to give you that added cushion, yeah, that's pretty neat. So I'm really interested in that. It, the fact that it's a belt, though, we kind of knew Jill Woodworth talked about that, you know, a bunch of times. But yeah, that's interesting. I'm interested in the whole comfort and the cushion that they added. Well, given how close you are to New York, you'll probably get to try it before <laughs> I will. So we'll need a detailed breakdown of that. <laughs> so then I guess the next question would just be like, do we know when you can get it? Yeah, so we are hearing that um, you're not going to be able to buy this for several months, that it's going to be probably around the first of the year that you're going to be able to get it, which I find wow. interesting. But yeah. it matches up with the research that you had done earlier on with the articles that you found from Taiwan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, an analyst from Time Fang Securities, a famous one named Gui Mingqi, and he's, he's famous for doing a lot of doing analysis relative to Apple products and making predictions. And sometimes he's way off. But sometimes he's dead on. This one, he's like, he was like dead on. So in June, he's going, yeah, it's going to have a you know a monitor that's 23.8 inches and they're going to have the same monitor on the bike that's on the new tread. And they're going to announce it. He said they're going to announce it in the third quarter. It won't be a calendar or fourth quarter. It's, they're going to announce it in the third quarter. He started talking about numbers uh, and the numbers relative to how many treads would be shipped in 2020 versus the number of bikes and bikes were far outnumbered the treads. So it made it look like, well, maybe they're not going to announce the tread at the same time. I mean, pretty much everything he said was like spot on. Spot that's, on. That's crazy. Well, good to know that that research is looking, looking like it's looking accurate. like so far. Yeah. So and far. Also, you know, if you have to focus on which one, you know, you know they're going to sell more bikes than treads. Yeah. And so it stands to reason that if you can only get one out in time for Christmas, you the go, bike. You go with the bike. So so right. speaking of, what do we know about the bike? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the bike. I'm pretty excited. Okay. So there's going to be a whole bunch, like a whole bunch of things. So I'm going to use this moment to break the news that I have made the decision, Tom, that I'm going to go ahead and buy an Apple Watch and an Apple phone. <laughs> uh, that will be as soon as the Apple 12 the is released, the, the I, whatever, iPhone 12. Right. Okay. So I'm telling you that to tell you that, that this is huge because now you're just going to be able to take the, your watch. Story. It really is. Yeah. So you're going to be able to take your your watch just like, you know, you do your Apple Pay and you're just going to be able to tap it to the screen. Boom. Your heart rate magically shows like that's going to be a thing. That's right. That's crazy. And yeah. I have no idea how rings work, but somehow it updates your rings. Do you have any words on that? Because I don't really understand. It. Well, I know I know a little bit about this. So the way the rings work is that <laughs> if you like it, oh, no, you put one on it. <laughs> this, I thought this was common knowledge. <laughs> it's a little different for Apple. Okay. It's a little different. Right. I think the, I think the rings, uh, they actually measure different metrics relative to your day. And so if you're trying to get in a number of certain number of steps in a day, you know, the, the rings measure things like that. And so, 
Yeah, if this thing is going to automatically update those things for you, I think that that's pretty neat. That's pretty, I mean, for an Apple user and folks that are actually using an Apple Watch for that purpose. You know, it makes it makes me wonder, though, you know, there's been some talk about how Apple is stepping into the connected fitness world or realm. And people were kind of like, is it just going to be an app or will there be will there be products? And you know how Apple loves to, like, shut out competitors. So the fact that their software will work with Apple to that degree makes you think that maybe they're not coming out with a product. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I thought that as well. I mean, well, when they came out with with the information they've already kind of published, you get the impression that they're trying to stay in kind of the subscription kind of world. Mm -hmm. Like maybe they're not really going into like a hardware world. They're just staying in that subscription world. And so that would align, you know, that, you know, they're really not coming after a Peloton or a, a true competitor in the connected fitness space. So that would add up to me. Yeah. Okay. Well, as far as the bike goes, here's what we know. Uh, it's going to have the same monitor as the tread. So we're moving from 21 and a half inches to 23 and a half inches. It might be 23.8. It's something like that. Um, Screen measuring is always a little wonky on those that last little bit. It is. But the big news is that now it's going to swivel. So that's crazy. Well, I, I love that. I mean, because you've heard that so often. Yes. Okay, I got the bike. I'm trying to do some off bike work. It'd be nice if I could swivel the screen. And then you've seen a lot of the competitors come out with their products. And then they sell the fact that, oh, you know, that Peloton, it doesn't swivel. But <laughs> our monitor does, you know. They do. Right? You're and right. And they say it just like that with <laughs> they, that same thing. They kind of, Echelon oh, yeah, does. Just like that. Echelon yeah. definitely does. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was just going to finish. Yeah. So when I heard that one, I thought that's that's pretty wild. That's an interesting one that I think a lot of folks would like. But that second thing, which I think you were about to go to, is the front facing speakers in the no, sub. No, no. I had one oh. more thing. I had one more thing to say about that oh. because this is brand new breaking news. You don't oh. even know this yet. Oh. Uh, uh, but we're going to post this tomorrow. So I figured since it'll be up on Friday, we can talk about it. So the bike boot camps definitely are coming. Definitely. Oh, wow. And... We know at least a couple of the instructors. So we know that it's going to be Cody Rigsby and Robin Arzon. And get ready to blow your mind, John Mills, Jess Sims. Oh, snap. Oh, man. We'll be all in those classes. Specifically because running's tough. I do. I, I love her boot camps. Running's tough. But boot camps from the bike, I'm in. <laughs> I think it's safe to say you're interested in the premium bike is yes. what I'm okay. okay. Well, and luckily Erica will let you buy it because your Peloton stock is doing so well. <laughs> you see that? Yes. Yes. It's some exciting stuff. I've been asking about some things I want to buy, but she hasn't been biting lately. In a way, it's like Peloton bought you a bike. That's true. <laughs> I didn't it like that. I didn't even buy it. Right. Peloton bought it. Right. Okay. So since you knew what I was going to talk about and tell us, about tell us about the new speaker tell us about that well i think that's an exciting thing right the front facing i mean and i've always thought it's a little odd as well right so you're riding and the sound is actually projecting away from the bike right yes and so in this scenario now they have front facing speakers and a subwoofer i'm assuming the sound is quality is going to be much better and you'll probably have a, a better bass level along with the fact that the sound is coming towards you so i mean that's pretty cool as well Makes me wonder, you know, some of these capabilities, the monitor and and some others we haven't talked about yet. I'm wondering also, what does this mean from an upgrade perspective? Like existing bikes 
is there any type of you know merging of these capabilities in the existing bikes or is it just they're just disparate products yeah and that's it. It's funny you say that because I've had that question asked of me about a million times today. And I this is my gut. I know nothing. This is just my gut that, no, it's going to be premium versus regular because at least for a while, because they want their the whole idea is that you have the better, best model. And if everybody can have the best, then you don't have a better, best model. (laughs) That makes sense. That makes sense. And I don't know. That's just that's just what I think. Well, and I think it makes sense, especially if the plan here is to leave the new bike at the price point that you're used to paying and bring the cost down on right. the original bike, what we will now call the OB. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, but if you're bringing that price down, so now you take a product that people you've already. I mean, that product is a. A phenomenon right and it's right. a phenomenon that you see once every 10 or 15 years in right. in the world right it's like an iphone yeah. or you know a pet rock right no yeah. it's better than a pet rock it's but, way better than but you know what i'm saying what you're saying yeah and so <laughs> so i think if you're saying that the ob is now that was a twenty two hundred dollar bike is is now fifteen hundred bucks making right. that price point up just saying like right now the perceived value on that because people know that they've sold a shit ton of those at that amount of money now right. it's like that seems like the deal of the century and if it means that oh, my screen can't swivel maybe i don't care about boot camps anyway or or right. i don't care about the soundbar so much because i'm going to wear headphones or right. i feel like these for the most part are they're nice bells and whistles but it doesn't affect your usage to the degree that you feel like you got completely cheated yeah, by, by having yeah. the OB. Right, right. I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I mean, yeah, they're they're nice things. The front facing speakers, slightly larger monitor, but yeah, I don't. It doesn't it doesn't cheat the experience. You know, another thing I'm interested though in is relative to whatever this price point is going to be for the older bike, because we just saw Bowflex come out with their Velocor bike, and they came out with two different price points as well, and their price points were twenty one ninety nine with kind of lines with. Peloton's better bike and then 1699, right? So I'm wondering if Peloton prices there is below the 1699, what does that do to perceived value? Yeah. Like do they now have to do 1699? That's a great. I don't think that they feel they, uh, this again, this is just my feeling. I don't think Peloton thinks that any of these companies are really that strong of a competitor. Like, I don't right. get the sense that they're like, oh, we got to follow what you follow. Yeah. Right. I, I, I suspect that if they do a different price point, Bowflex will change their pricing. I, I think right. so, too. So, John, were you trying, were you asking essentially if they came in below, does it make the Peloton look cheap? Is that what right. you mean? Like, if they yeah. come in, and, originally I was thinking, you know, you know, well, based on their numbers from last quarter. So it, it varies depending on, you know, how much marketing they do and, and a lot of other factors. But based on their numbers last quarter, it cost them somewhere in the neighborhood of twelve to $1,300 to make the bike. And so everything on top of that, it, you know, it, it's it, profit. So I was wondering, well, they can't really come in below 1300 so it'll be something above that, but it's probably not going to be much like, you know, I was yeah, thinking 14, yeah. 1500. I agree. I, I, I think and I think that's a good 
question to ask. I think it's a fair point about does it make your bike look almost too cheap, right? Right, and right. Because I know that they felt like in the beginning that they they had done that, that when, the, you know, John Foley talks about how when they raised the price, they actually sold more bikes. And right. I don't think that that's the case anymore i think there was a period of time where if that bike was too expensive you just think what kind of janky contraption are you foisting upon me but right. but peloton has commandeered the marketplace i mean they basically yeah. invented the marketplace and then dominate it right right and i feel like and people already know that that people have a deep and abiding passion for this bike right i mean just how many right. echelon podcasts are there right? <laughs> and, right and so i think if they drop this price if they dropped it to 1500 bucks just totally spitballing right. i don't think it makes the value look lesser i think that it makes it an absolute no-brainer for anyone shopping based on price to go if i can get a peloton for less than i can get a bowflex well right. that's just yeah, why would I even I don't my research here is done. Take my right. money. I was just going to say based on the fact that John Foley has said so many times that they want this this their equipment, their their features to be available to as many people right. as possible. The democratization of connected fitness. I, I lowercase d don't write me. Yeah. <laughs> And that's where I am, too, exactly where you guys are. Prior to that Bowflex announcement, I was thinking, well, you know, the lower price bikes in the space are generally some of them are like $9.99, $7.99. Like they get really, really cheap. Right. And I thought I thought, well, Peloton's never going to go there. Right. And we don't want them to because we want them to, you know, we want them to be at a, a higher price point. And so my mindset was, yeah, they get down to fifteen hundred. We're good. It, it matches. But the way when Bowflex announced, that was where my question first came, you know, into bear. I, yeah. I'm thinking, well, they're trying to play themselves as being this uh, more progressive bike. They're trying to play that similar space. And then your lower cost bike is $16.99. That's when it first came to my head. But, but I hear you. I mean, Peloton has created such a lead in the space. They've created such a name in the space. And so... I'm hopeful that it doesn't play that way and we see a bike that's around 1500 so that we can truly democratize this. Um, but we'll see. I, yeah, we will. We will. It will be interesting to see how the pricing works out. Yeah. So, yeah. wow. And we never even got to the other feature that you're going to be able to change the resistance based on what the instructor calls out. And my understanding is you can change it right on the screen so you could turn it off. You can turn it on right. If you can be in mid class and be like, yeah, I don't like that right now. I'm going to turn it off or you can turn it on mid class. So that's going to be pretty freaking amazing. Yeah. That reminds you of like the, you know, the Nordic track, that S220i bike. Yeah. They but, can control like your incline. But it's all. not going to go control. like this. It's not going to. I don't think it's going to raise up. I, I don't get the impression it'll raise up. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think that they can control resistance. I don't know. But um, <laughs> but it reminds you of like that capability, like the instructor saying something and your bike is reacting to whatever their call out is. So that's pretty neat, too. But, yeah, it, it makes it much more valuable that the user can actually, you know, readily kind of turn that on or off. Yeah, because I know there's going to be people that are concerned about, especially you're just starting out. That's not necessarily a great feature to turn on, you know. (laughs) Right. right. Well, you know, when I when I first started using the bike, that was a somewhat of a pain point for me in that I'm trying, I'm I'm learning, I'm listening to the music, I'm figuring it all out, 
And sometimes I would miss, where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be at? Sure. So early on, I may have wanted that feature. Now, yeah. when I go into classes, I'm listening, but a lot of time you're, you're playing to your own kind of exercise regimen, what you're trying to get out of it, you know, what you're trying to do. Yeah. So I don't know, the newer, newer writers might love this. This might be perfect for some writers. That's true. I was thinking of a person who may not be ready for like 50 resistance day one, you know. <laughs> get, into, get into a Robin class and she's right. talking about 100 resistance. Yeah. Let's go all the way. And you're like, what? We're going all the way right now. No, we're going. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I'm bored, I'm bored. I'll just wait. You go, I'll just wait here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. So I, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot more to come about this uh, in the next few days. Uh, it, it is exciting. I, I wanted to also ask you your thoughts on the stock market, because I know that you have put out, you've basically said, here's what I think is going to happen to the stock market. So I, I want to hear it. I mean, I'm putting out all these bold predictions. I know. <laughs> and then, you know, people are going to be throwing, I'm going to get all kinds of weird mail when if this stuff doesn't prove out to be so. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I mean, I think that Today, the, the movement, well, yesterday, the movement felt more like just momentum leading up to earnings. Yeah. Today, I think it was a combination of that, along with J.P. Morgan, you know, raising their par- price target from 58 to 105. But along with it, them putting them on a list of stocks that they are like their A-list, which include things like Facebook and Snap. So I think those Two items drove what happened today. But man, I'm hopeful that it's only that because the information that we're kind of hearing now in the rumor mill, I would like that to be the catalyst for kind of continued movement up and this not be the catalyst for that. Like I I think the rumors are out there. Right. But I think the rumors are at a level where the average person is not hearing them. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think I don't think we've seen a, a normal person does not pay attention to the degree that we do. Right. 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 And so I think that, you know, even some of the financial houses have a little bit of this information, but I don't think it's like trickled down to everyone who has Peloton right. stock. <laughs> that's right. just, that's my take on it for what it's worth. <laughs> so not knowing anything really about how the stock market works. At what point does a stock, does a company start to think about doing a split? Like, what's the metric for that? Do you happen to know? Yeah, I think generally when companies start thinking in those terms, they're looking at other companies in their common space and they're looking at how they're priced and they don't want to look too exorbitant above them and they don't want to look too defeating like below them. So based on where they're falling, they may do a a reverse stock split or a stock split just to get themselves in kind of a common stock areas, common, common stock price. What's a reverse stock split? I don't, what's that? Well, a stock split would be you have today, you have 20 shares and we're going to give you five for every one share you have. So then the next day, instead of having 20, you got a hundred, you got a hundred, right? Whereas a reverse would be the reverse of that. Today you have a hundred. Tomorrow you have twenty. Oh, okay. So right. you have fewer, but they're each worth more. But right. But okay. now all of a sudden they're each worth more. And I in either way, either the stock price now, if you did a stock split, is now lower because of it, or if you do a reverse, now the stock price is higher okay. because of it. Okay. And um and so yeah, the companies use that to get their stock price in kind of a common area with their competitors. In this scenario, 
I don't really know that Peloton has any publicly traded, like true competitors, right? Sure. Like the people that they're competing against, I guess Nautilus, but Nautilus is trading at like $10 a share. I don't know that they're trying to go there. Yeah. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> or, or Echelon, which, which is a private company, or an Icon, which is also private. I just, I'm not sure that there's anybody like that that would create a need for them to do this. Now, another reason that they might split is if the stock price got to a level like a Tesla, you know, where you're trading in the thousands of dollars a share and the, and the folks that you're kind of looking to, to invest in your business just can't afford that. Right. And so then, so then you, you might it. do a stock split to kind of get it down to a level which would bring them in to invest. I don't see that either. So neither of those are scenarios I'm really thinking apply. Okay. At least not yet. Sure. Just curious. I like I have no idea when when companies start having those sorts of conversations. So that's interesting to know. Wow. Yeah, at some point that we may be talking about that, but uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think this is the time. I mean, unless they're comparing themselves, you know, to someone that I'm just not thinking of, like a Lululemon or someone. I, I, but I don't think they are. Yeah, I, I agree. But I could still see it happening in the future because that yeah. stock's going to keep going up. <laughs> yeah. you know this week I, you know i've been putting out all these bold predictions you know that crystal uh-huh. and i'm like you know what peloton's gonna make money this quarter <laughs> yeah like 20 million and you know you know net income 20 million then i'm looking at like the market eps earnings per share estimate and it's like nine cents a share and then i start doing the calculation and that's like 19 million <laughs> You mean everybody already knows this? I'm the only one that didn't know. No one t- <laughs> the whole the whole world already knows this. I didn't. Well, I didn't know because I didn't do the calculation. So you still you still educated me. <laughs> and when you did your your prediction, you were really close. Yes. <laughs> I should take it that way. Exactly. I, was, I was right. Well, we love it. published information. We love it when you make bold predictions because if you get it right, you're John Mills from the clip out. And if you get it wrong, you're John Mills from Run, Lift, and Lift. <laughs> you know, what this actually tells me, this is what my hope is, is that because I was so close in the market estimate, and, and the market estimate is generally wrong, that we're both wrong. <laughs> like, you know, it's going to be something other than 20 million. But well, at least you were wrong at the same in the same way that the smartest people in the industry are. <laughs> yes, that's a win. That is a win. And and next Wednesday when you join us, we'll have just listened to the earnings call. Yes. So we will have so much to talk about. I cannot no. wait. I'm sure you'll no, be listening. No. Don't read through the list and go, John, you were wrong on this one. <laughs> And this one, we're gonna have a scoreboard up. It's gonna be right behind me. It's gonna be like we're, you're gonna be like Sylvia Brown, where we take all your predictions and then we we put them in a vault for a year and then pull them back out. I'm like, okay, no, here we go. No, you know what? I would never call you on that because honestly, it's very brave to put. It's hard to put yourself yeah. out there like that, and you're putting you have like real thought behind it. So regardless of whether you're right or wrong, you had a very logical way that you got there. So that's right. There was a logical. Yeah, I learned that as a kid. That's how I got out of trouble. Yeah, yes. I had to learn to come up with logical reasons why I stayed out too late. Exactly. Yeah. 
You probably should stay away from our kids. No, you know what? I'd be fine if they applied a little logic to stuff. Brian cannot come up with logic to save his life for something like that. Like he he would now Sydney might. She would weaponize it, yeah. but that's okay. Like yeah. I would still be okay with, it, with her using logic. In the long run, it logic will, will serve. That's, you're right. You're yes. right, Tom. Okay, you can you can teach them. You, you can, can be around them. our children again. We allow it. Well, I just meant you couldn't be around them to tell them about that. Oh, you could. Okay. You're all. You're welcome around our children. Now it sounds terrible. (laughs) The two things I'm really interested in hearing about from this earnings report. Number one, how much did they spend on marketing and advertising? Like, because it's probably going to be little, right? Because of I think compared to what they've been spending. Right, because they normally spend somewhere around 30, 35% of revenue and if they spend less, because this was all all this period is all the core to the COVID you know, era, right? It's like, this is April through June. This is when it was all hidden. Yeah. So if they cut that significantly, then yeah, all the estimates could be all off. Right. Have they started their marketing back up yet? Do we know? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen much of any. Yeah. But I don't watch TV. So, I mean, like real TV, you know, if it's not, if it's recorded. The only time I remember seeing Peloton in a commercial lately is within ads for other products yeah. so like that Amazon ad that's right. running and stuff like that so yeah, same right i mean ultimately based on what i'm predicting you know their quarterly revenues should be they should have spent if they were you know going according to past they should be spending upwards of like 200 million in revenue this quarter but you cut from that and that all then falls into the profit estimate so like but i just don't know how to play that i don't know how much they right. spent on it so we'll see it's, It'll be interesting to see. It and they, will. And from a marketing standpoint, they've reached that coveted space, I think, rarefied air that, that they don't have to explain what their brand is, right? Like, there's there's certain brands that, you, you know, when you see a commercial for Coke, they don't have to tell you, well, it's a carbonated beverage that's sweet. Like, you know, I mean, you just know what Coke is. And I feel like Peloton has achieved that status in record time. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this may be the portion of the call that is, you know, the the information that is shocking or or new. Right. What they spent on marketing. I mean, even when you look at the analyst estimates, you look at that EPS, you look at what they're kind of thinking from a a quarterly revenue perspective. It assumes the thing. Same thing I assume. It assumes 30, 35 percent in marketing. So that, to me, that that there is the big question. Like, we'll, we'll see what they actually spent. Yeah, absolutely. Huh. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us to talk about this stuff. This was a lot of uh, information to unpack. Yes. And we appreciate it. Uh, until uh, next week, besides the earnings call, where can people <laughs> find you? Oh, yes. They can find me on Facebook, uh, Run, Lift, and Live page or Run, Lift, and Live group. They can find me on Instagram, Run, Run Lift, and Live. Or they can uh, find me on my uh, webpage, runliftandlive.com. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, John. Have a great night. Always always great talking to you guys. (laughs) You too. See you later. Bye. Bye. If you're looking to avoid carbs, it's always a challenge trying to find bread that fits in with your keto lifestyle. Right, because you want to make sure that it tastes good and you want to make sure it has good ingredients. So I think Hero Bread does both. Especially when you're in the store, you are overwhelmed with bread choices. Yes. And I've had other breads before that claim to have low net carbs and you are certainly sacrificing taste 
texture, size. Yes. None of that with Hero Bread. No, because sometimes on the ones that have the low net carbs, they have like no substance to it. (laughs) It's like eating air. It is. And Hero Bread actually really tasted good and it felt like a solid piece of bread like i did not feel like i was giving up something i was surprised at how big each slice of bread was here's the real test of a piece of bread (laughs) i didn't make a sandwich with these i just had toast which you love because you have toast almost every day i do it was the (laughs) best textured bread of this sort that i've ever had and if you're doing the math it's zero to one grams of net carbs zero gram sugar and high in fiber so don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code TCO at checkout. That's TCO at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses and then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? Well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each. So nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away a hundred or more dollars on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're 100% polarized. Um, And they also come in like a million different colors and styles. For your $25, you're not sacrificing comfort, safety, or style. If you want to support the show and pick up a pair, Gooder is giving the Clipout listeners free shipping on their first order. Just go to gooder.com slash TCO. That's G-O-O-D-R dot com and use code TCO to get free shipping. Gooder offers a 30-day money-back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping so switching gears uh there's should be a new clothing line drop by the time people are hearing this right yeah there should uh the much anticipated september drop will be the fall one drop will be occurring according to what i've heard on september 3rd so yeah by the time people hear this it should be out and I will have spent lots of money probably (laughs) i haven't spent any in the last couple so i haven't we're due no you got to save that money for the new bike well, you got to save the money for the new bike. We'll see. I got to have stuff to wear on the new bike. Yeah. The, all the stuff you already have. <laughs> we'll talk. <laughs> I don't feel like we'll talk. I think I'll just suddenly pull stuff out of the mailbox. But OK, so uh, that's why I get the mail. <laughs> <laughs> the advantages of working from home. You can beat me to the mail. The story sharing is now available for iOS only. Yeah. For your little ride things that yeah. i see on facebook yeah it's really actually very cool because it shows the instructor and it's like they're moving so you can oh, that's and cool. so it's it's really cool you can also share hashtags um you can only share it on ios you can't share it from the bike you can't share it from the tread you can't share it from web and of course you can't share it from android <laughs> okay but you're not but you're gonna get an an apple device you said so now yes but i don't have it now (laughs) so pretty soon you won't be making that face anymore or at least not about that (laughs) yeah i'm sure i'll find something else (laughs) yeah i've no doubt i had never doubted that you don't have to agree quite so quickly (laughs) well now you know how i felt earlier (laughs) and uh, peloton instituted a health and wellness council yeah, this is really cool. And we're going to be hearing a lot about this because basically they put together all of these 
amazing people in their fields, like uh, top rated neurologists, for example, top right. rated sports like injury person. And they're going to do they're going to look at Peloton's programming. And I don't know what the output is going to be from these conversations. Yeah. But I think we can assume, given that it's Peloton, something cool, you know. They have a pretty good track record of making, quote unquote, something cool. They really do. And so I don't know where this will go, but I am really excited to find out about it. So you've been uh, really enjoying your strength training lately. I have. With your tonal. I have. I just started a brand new program called Muscle Building Burnout. Yes. And it does just that. That explains the denim jacket. (laughs) I was reading about how when you're first starting out and you're building muscle, doing that burnout can be super important to increase like your endurance. And um, I think that it's going to be a game changer. This particular program will be yet another game changer for me. I can tell that I've gotten so much stronger. And I uh, did a DEXA scan this week and I found out that I'm fat. Uh, <laughs> Fatter than you would like to yes. be. And so between the Peloton and the Tonal. Yes. So between the Peloton and the total, Tonal, my hope is like over the next six months, I'm going to really watch what I'm eating and I'm going to really work on strength and kind of pull back on that, the really heavy cardio. So I'm going to do, I'm still going to be using cardio because duh, but I'm not going to push my heart rate as much. So I'm really curious to see what those results are. Um, and if you you're interested in that you can follow me on the other podcast i'll talk a lot more about it but the thing that continues to amaze me about tonal is they keep adding things they just added now you get prs every time you go up in strength there's yeah. this little like celebration on the screen and it's so cool and it's very <laughs> motivating i love seeing it go up so and they've added form uh what's it <sighs> form feedback it's form feedback so like if you're not doing it quite right it gives you tips on how to do it more accurately it, that so it does that's pretty nifty as well yeah so uh you can try tonal 30 days risk-free you can visit t- www.tonal.com for $100 off smart accessories when you use the promo code the clip out at checkout that's www.tonal.com promo code the clip out tonal be your strongest so i know you've been very frustrated with peloton in regards to android what made you think that uh, everything you've ever said okay and uh but there there was recently an update to android and then this week there was yet another update to android there was um so now whenever you're on your phone you can click on a workout and see the details okay it's something. It is something. Like maybe I, maybe, I think they're working on it. Like yeah, I think like, it's going forward. I'm like maybe it's a sign that like they're starting to like because you know what they've brought in so many new users over the last four or five months, especially when COVID hit and their sales went through the roof, and then they did three months free on the app. So they so they probably brought in a, a lot of Android users, and they're probably worried about the whole goal of that. Besides letting people be able to utilize their product for free during a stressful time, but also hoping that they would convert to either paying a monthly fee or purchasing a piece of hardware, right? And if all these Android people are like, I don't get what the big deal is, like that's count- that's counterproductive. It is. And, and you can look at the reviews within the Play Store and you can see that people are not happy. Right. I mean, I've never seen... A Peloton product be rated less than four stars and this one is so that really I'm sure that you know Peloton numbers based 
that's probably right. what's driving it. But I'm glad to see something moving forward. Absolutely. I really am. Getting the psychological edge with Dr. Jen. Joining us today via the magic of Zoom Tube is Dr. Jen Mann, licensed marriage, family and child therapist and sports psychology consultant. You may know her from VH1's Couple Therapy with Dr. Jen or VH1's Family Therapy with Dr. Jen. She's got a long running radio show, The Dr. Jen Show. She's written four best selling books, including The Relationship Fix, Dr. Jen's Six Step Guide to Improving Communication, Connection, and Intimacy. She's also got an app called No More Diets. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Jen. Hi. Hey. And and Peloton Addict. <laughs> yes, Peloton Addict is my most important uh, yes. title. <laughs> so uh, this week we wanted to talk about, so I've heard this hypothetical concept about, <laughs> I guess, couples where they both work out. Is that? It's is a that, thing. Okay. It's a thing. It's something that really does happen, Tom, and I'm still hoping for it to happen in your household. <laughs> so You and me both. <laughs> so let's just say this mythical couple. Let's call the let's call the one person Crystal and we'll call the other one Snuffleupagus. Let's uh what happens if they want to work out together, but somebody just doesn't want to do the other kind of workout or they just have different goals that don't mesh. How can they kind of merge those two things? Well, look, there are a lot of different factors. You know, if crystal and snuffleupagus are at very (laughs) different levels, what's going to have to happen is let's just say hypothetically crystal were to be the more advanced athlete than (laughs) snuffleupagus. Sure. (laughs) Might need to take her workouts down a few notches and really focus on the level of snuffleupagus. <laughs> because if someone who is not a very experienced athlete and is not used to working out trains too hard, they're going to get injured. If they pick classes that are too advanced, they're going to be discouraged and they're not going to come back again. So what we'd want to do is have a couple in a situation like that really kind of play to the newer athlete, the newer workout partner of the two. So that's the first thing. And also what may need to happen in a situation like that is that Crystal works out with Snapalophagus. Let's say they do a five-minute core class and they really try to do a more basic class. And then maybe later, Crystal will do another 10 minutes on her own or whatever it is she usually does. Or if both Crystal and Snuffleupagus are taking a spin class, let's say they do a low impact 10 or 20 minute class, and then Crystal would work out later and do her harder workout. So it really is about kind of playing to the level of the person who's newer so that it's a positive experience and an encouraging experience and then the other person can work out more later, but it's really about bringing the first person into the workout fold and helping them to feel encouraged and inspired instead of feeling really bad. And like, you know, when you have a partner who's an advanced athlete feeling like, oh, you know, she's so much better or like this is discouraging or this sucks or like I feel bad about myself. We don't want that. So taking it from that, what happens if the two people are both people that like to work out all the time? but they just Mm -hmm. don't have similar goals and it's hard to find things that work together? Um, A few things. 
You know, the first is sometimes, you know, couples do what I call parallel play. Like, have you ever seen like two kids in a sandbox, especially boys do more of this than girls typically, but like they're sitting in the sandbox and one is playing soldiers and the other is playing cars right. and they're side they're enjoying each other's company. They feel like they're playing together, but they're really doing parallel play. Sometimes just being in the same room together and let's say one person is doing weights and the other person is, is doing the bike. That's cool. That's still working out together. You don't have to do the same thing at the same time for it to count as working out together. And you can still encourage and inspire each other, even if you're doing different activities in the same room. The other thing is compromise to either what, let's say one day, one person picks the class or the activity and the next day the other person does. And I think that that is a particularly great way to, especially if both people are into Peloton, but maybe one likes the tread and the other likes the bike or one is into strength or one is into yoga. It's a really great way to diversify your workout, to discover new teachers, new classes, new activities that you might not otherwise to become a more well-rounded athlete. And that benefits everybody. You know, if you have a partner who, let's say, is a runner and you're into yoga and you're able to get your runner partner doing yoga, well, that's going to help their running because now they're going to be stretching their muscles. They're going to have good balance. You know, all of these things complement each other. That's a really good point. That's Absolutely. a good point. Yeah. So I have one more hypothetical before for you before we go. Yes. So what if mm. this partner, we'll call her Crystal, mm -hmm. really loves her Peloton, <laughs> uh -huh. but this other partner will call them Snuffleupagus. Uh -huh. What what if what if they prefer Echelon? Now what? Okay, that's a deal breaker. <laughs> I, I, yeah. That's just. I don't I, what is echelon? <laughs> I don't know what echelon is. I, like, what is it? It, it, it? it legit is a complete copycat off yeah, of Peloton. We make fun of them. It's a Peloton oh, knockoff. Oh, my God. <laughs> worst in the works. I, I, God, like even even Nordertrack, like that that's grounds for divorce. I, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You, you know it's bad when the therapist is like, you're done here. Mm -hmm. You're free yeah. to go. Yeah, there's yeah, like there's, there's no saving that relationship. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the first time I've heard a therapist tell me that, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I feel like after all that, I'd be like, need to be like, today's episode is brought to you by the letter C for cookie. <laughs> um, so before we go, where can people find you? People can find me on my social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, at Dr. Jen Mann. Two ends on Jen, two ends on man. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jen. My pleasure. I'm sorry, Dr. Mann. <laughs> <laughs> Peloton in the news. Fortune magazine had an article about 40 under 40, and Robin Arzan made the list. She did. Uh, she made the list for fitness and it's just an honor. Like to not talk about this would be it just rude. I mean, it's just an honor. There's not a whole lot to say about it, but yeah. it's really freaking cool. She's 38 years old. Yes, it's such a big I mean, Fortune magazine. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And it highlights the achievements that she's done. Yeah. And it's pretty not, darn cool. Not only her achievements, but also Peloton's right. That Absolutely. like a Peloton instructor is on the radar of something like Fortune Magazine. It's just amazing how far they've come in such a short period of time. Agreed. And then finally, Maddie is now an ambassador for Athlete 
ally. Yes, and I did not do it justice. The He is technically a pro-ambassador. Oh. My fault for not including the word. Gotcha. Um, and uh, it's a really neat program that works to provide access to all athletes, regardless of sexual orientation. And so I know that's something that is very near and dear to Maddie's heart. Sure. So uh, I think that's just a really great, cool thing that he's doing. Absolutely. Love, Maddie. Checking in with the Peloton community. So uh, joining us today via the magic of ZoomTube is local St. Louis personality around. I don't want to say around forever because then you sound really old, but (laughs) you've been doing it for an appropriate (laughs) amount of time for the age that you are, which is which is older than you look. Did I say that? <laughs> she had to think about it. Yeah. She's like, wait, did She's you just like, make I'm, it worse? Tom? I'm sorry, I was told there would be no math. It's uh, Jen Myers from uh, for local listeners from Y98. Hey, Jen, how's it going? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank I, you. you are, our, I think, uh, our second most patient guest ever. The only reason you don't get the first one is because there was someone who we lost the entire interview and had to do it again. And they were very nice about it. But you were very <laughs> patient while we were dealing with this computer that we will not be using much longer. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I've had to do that before. I've had interviews where I've gone to hit stop and then I realized that it never recorded and oh. it's bad, bad okay. feeling. Yes, very much so. <laughs> very, very much so. And we haven't had very many St. Louis people, so we're very excited to have somebody yeah. local that rides a Peloton. It's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tom and I talked years ago when you, I think when you first started the podcast, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. I'll never ride a Peloton. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, a podcast about Peloton. That's adorable. Anyway, uh, do your you and get out. <laughs> Direct quote, right? Yes. <laughs> Just verbatim. It's too sweet to say anything like that. That's how, they, that's how they get you. <laughs> so, uh, so I guess since you, you've already stated that you were not into Peloton, how did you make the securitous route back to now you're riding Peloton? Right. I'm sure all of the longtime Peloton people are just eye rolling because I'm one of those people who impulse purchased a Peloton during coronavirus, (laughs) but I did it early on. So it was like the first week we were on lockdown and I looked, I went on the website and it said, you know, due to increased volume, it might take a little bit longer to get your Peloton. And because we have a, a showroom here, I was like, okay, well, let's see how long it'll take. And then all of a sudden they said, we can get it to you in seven days. Is that okay? And I was like, oh yeah. (laughs) So I just, I said to my husband, I was like, do you think this is crazy? Tell me this is crazy. And he's like, I'm not going to get in the way of your exercising and your mental health. And then later on, so then I bought it. And then later on, he's like, by the way, that was totally crazy. Um, (laughs) I didn't think it was a good idea, but I'm so glad you did it because he's totally hooked now too. So that doesn't normally spread to the husbands from your perspective. I'm just based on anecdotal evidence. (laughs) You're not a good, you're not a good sample. I am quite the anecdote. Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, So, so it was definitely a coronavirus purchase. And then, so also recently I found out that you're a road rider as well. And you 
you have an interesting story about that that I, I would like to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I have some friends who ride a lot and have been cyclists for a long time. And I started, I got involved with a, with a charity and, and was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I've been riding for a few years. And then my son during coronavirus, it was kind of like our weekend ritual. Every Saturday or Sunday, we'd go out, we'd ride like, I don't know how many miles we'd like go and eat outside and have a little time together. And so, yeah, he, it was one of those things where we just kind of had to get outside of the house and have a little quality time. And uh, at one point he looked at me one day when we came home and said, mom, even when coronavirus is over, can we still do this? Aww. And it like oh. melted my heart because <laughs> he's getting into those tween years where you don't really get those moments anymore. So about a month ago, we went out and we were maybe a half a mile from our house when I hit the brakes hit a patch of loose gravel and I think broke on the left side more than the right and totally went over the handlebars. Um, but luckily I broke my fall with my face. So <laughs> That's fast thinking. That's really smart. Good instincts. Good instincts. Uh, I hit first on my chin Aww. and that was, I mean, it's all happening so quickly, but also in slow motion at the same time. Yeah. And I, you know, could feel my jaw moving and doing things it wasn't supposed to do. And I wasn't really sure what was happening, but I knew it was really, really bad. Yeah. Um, and then I, I got up. Luckily, this is the first time we had ever ventured out with a friend. So we were with a friend and her son. And I was like, oh God, I broke my jaw. I broke my jaw and I broke my wrist. And she said, how do you know? I'm like, well, because <laughs> my jaw was kind of crooked. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah. So my husband picked me up and I said, we need to go to the hospital right now. So we went, I had CT scans and x-rays and I broke my jaw. And I broke my wrist. So I just got my jaw. They just cut all of the wires, the rest of the wires off yesterday. Wow. But I had to have my jaw wired completely shut for two weeks. Mm. I, I've been on a liquid diet for over a month. Could you not talk when you had your jaw wired shut like at all? I could. So it kind of sounded like this. <laughs> <laughs> And I just had this m just metal t just tearing up my mouth. Are you okay? Um, but you know, I, are you okay if we you know, share some of the photos from your Facebook page? Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna send it to you because you know how to do the share screen. Because oh, okay, okay, yeah, we're gonna do it right now. Yes. Uh, yeah, some of them probably are not not great. <laughs> I mean, luckily, I, what I mean. I fell on my chin. Available. I mean, I hit right here and then my jaw kind of went like this. So when I'm looking straight at you, you can't really see anything. No. Just, but when I was talking to the oral surgeon, he did his residency in San Francisco where there were tons of cycling accidents and in the ER and with the oral surgeon, I mean, people just kept saying like, I've seen worse. Really? And when I went into the ER, 
And they did all these scans. They put a neck brace on me right away and kept saying, you know, does your neck hurt? And I'm like, no, my neck's fine. I know I knew exactly what was broken. And when they came back with all the x-rays and the CT scans, the doctor said, I can't believe you didn't break your neck. Yeah. And as soon as he said that, then everything became crystal clear. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to be fine. Like it's (laughs) not going to be great. And looking back on it, it's, you know, it was pretty brutal, but I just tried to remember, like, I can move both my hands. I can move both my legs. I'm not... Oh yeah. Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) All that. uh, Yeah. So you can't see all the metal because I had all this wax over the metal because it was just tearing up my face. Yeah. It looks so beautiful. And look at those eyebrows. (laughs) Those eyebrows were pretty brutal too. It was the pandemic. (laughs) It's allowed. It was, I broke my left hand. And oh, I'm left-handed, and I couldn't oh. use a tweezer. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's whew. that's that looks like it hurts a lot. Like a that lot. was at the ER. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. That's yeah. That had to be scary. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Like when you're when you're talking about going over the handlebars, and you could feel that happening. Like you knew that something. Like it just sounds like you were so calm. It just sounds like you were just like, okay, yeah. So your jaw was wired shut. Did, did you did you lose weight while you were wired shut for two weeks? Is oh, that would yeah. Like how do you even yeah. eat enough? How do you eat enough liquids to like sustain you? What is like? I had to water things down because even there were some smoothies that I couldn't get through because my jaw was so tight. Oh my god! And so any sort of like fiber or anything, I couldn't get through. Oh. Um. I lost 10 pounds in the first 10 days. Wow. And it yes. got to the point where <laughs> I think I said something like when I first had it wired shut, people are like, wow, you know, that is some, that's a good weight loss trick. Some people do that to lose weight. And I was like, anyone who tells you you can lose 10 pounds in 10 days, you just need to walk away from, because I could not even, I couldn't even walk across the room. I had no energy. Uh, that sounds terrible. And you can tell, you know, riding a Peloton, you know how much energy you need to go through a workout. And I just knew when I walked from one end of the living room to the other, and I had to sit down on the couch to catch my breath, that there was something really wrong. Oh man! So I was drinking like full fat coconut milk smoothies with olive oil. And like, I just tried to get as many calories in a smoothie as I could. Wow. I would just be like, Chocolate shakes, nonstop. Like why? <laughs> no. that's, that's not a calorie, right? And it's healthy. I know it's healthy in that setting. They can't even yell at you. I know. I kind of wish I could have had milkshakes. So I'm dealing with this accident, but at the same time, I have stage four cancer. So I was trying to deal with, so trying to like eat healthy, not lose weight, right. and make sure that the cancer is okay at the same time was like this kind of weird thing that's that a was lot going to balance. on that is a lot to juggle <laughs> so yeah uh, <laughs> oh my gosh so are you still battling cancer or are you officially in remission what's your status so uh i currently have it my i was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2016 and i had no evidence of disease 
for about a year and a half after I finished treatment. And the cancer then metastasized to my lungs in 2018. So I have some small tumors and they treat them with targeted radiation as they are large enough to treat. But they were keeping such a close eye on me that some of them, the tumors that I have on my lungs right now are millimeters wide and too small to treat. Wow. So that's good. And right before coronavirus, I had a CT scan and my tumors had actually shrunk a little bit. So that was, that was great news. And then I think the week before my accident, (laughs) I had another CT scan and they were stable. So I was, you know, really excited. I felt like I was making good progress. I had the best nine months of tests and CT scans that I had had since it metastasized to my lungs. Um, And then this bike accident happened and I was calm later on when I looked at it in perspective, but I was having a full on panic attack, hyperventilating, had, you know, had to apologize to my friends saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry you saw me hit rock bottom (laughs) (laughs) because I was just like over and over. I was like, this can't, I can't have, you know, when you have surgery, it kind of, your immune system takes a dip. Right. And that can mean that your tumors can grow. So I wasn't even thinking about these bones. I'm like, you know, I don't care about these bones. I just can't have surgery. That's what right. the, the doctor. And they were afraid that I was going to need surgery on my wrist and my jaw. I explained to them that when I had breast cancer, it was on my left side and they removed all the lymph nodes in my arm. So I was kind of hesitant to have surgery. So they've been working with me on that. And then my jaw, actually the bone that broke was so small that they couldn't do surgery. So they just wired it shut. Oh, oh my goodness. That's, <laughs> I, I can't believe that you're, this only happened a month ago and you're like so yeah, calm like, about all like, of this. <laughs> dare I say chipper. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a funny <laughs> Funny story. Here's a funny anecdote about my phase four cancer. (laughs) I've had a lot of time. I've had a a lot of quiet alone time to sit and reflect, be with my thoughts here. Um, uh, Your thoughts must be a lot kinder to you than mine are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, so when I was first diagnosed with cancer, I was 41. When I turned 40, I had a mammogram. Everything was fine. I ran a a half marathon that year to celebrate, you know, I'm 40 and look what I'm, you know, (laughs) that was cute. Uh, (laughs) I'm 40. I can still run a half marathon. And then six months later, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. It was stage three. It was aggressive. And that's the thing. A lot of women who are diagnosed at a younger age tend to have more aggressive forms of breast cancer. And so I started with chemotherapy. And while I was getting chemo, the cancer came back on my skin. So it was on my skin and in my lymph nodes, but it came back on my skin, which was (laughs) really aggressive if you're having chemo and it's still growing. So they did chemo and radiation then at the same time, which was pretty brutal. Yeah. And I was in a really bad place when that happened. I would see, you know, I would wake up in the middle of the night and just think about, you know, try and figure out what was going to happen. 
And I finally talked to someone. Luckily, I go to Siteman Cancer Center and they have, they're just amazing, but they have a free counseling service for cancer patients. And I remember going in there and talking to the counselor and just feeling really despondent. And she said, what can you control? And I said, nothing. And she said, no, you can control showing up. And I said, well, that's a given. And she said, no, a lot of people don't. They don't show up to appointments. They refuse treatment. And so she said, this is what you can control. You can't control your cancer coming back. You can't control your own mortality, but you can control taking care of yourself to putting yourself first so that you can be there for your kids. You can control showing up to appointments. And so that whole showing up mantra for me has, that kind of is when things turned around for me. And a lot of people who have breast cancer end up having something that's called post-traumatic growth, where after they go through cancer treatments, you appreciate things. You appreciate the small things on a larger scale, little things like, sunsets and getting to hug my kids at night. You know, I don't take any of those things for granted, which I think was after I, <laughs> after they gave me something in my IV that stopped me from hyperventilating, <laughs> <laughs> I realized like, okay, I'm still here and these bones will heal. And one day I will look back on this and say like, this isn't that bad. And I feel like I've been through way worse. So I can do this. It's not going to be fun. I've been sitting around watching cooking shows for the last month, just like well, making that, a list of all the food I'm going to eat. That's essentially <laughs> perverse. Like you can't eat and you're watching cooking shows. That's, I mean. That's like food porn. Yeah. That's why I stopped watching porn when I was single. I, it's, why would you do that? Oh, she's making her laugh, but she just got her jaw in water. It's okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know I still can't open it all the way, but it's all right. Um, no, but I, I just, um, I don't know why this happened. I have really crummy luck, I guess, but. <laughs> so I have, but, oh, go ahead. No, I, so I just, I don't know. Trying to, I think trying to stay positive I said to somebody like I was at the beginning, I was trying to stay positive and I kept saying it could have been so much worse. It could have been so much worse. And I think I was trying to convince myself of that because looking back on it now, going back four weeks, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was awful. <laughs> but if I sat around every day thinking about how awful it was, I think it would have made the pain and everything sure. worse. Well, you know, they talk about how like, oh, you know, you, you have this tape in your head and if you're saying negative things to yourself, it's become, I mean, you're kind of doing the opposite, right? Like you're, you're you're kind yeah. of bluffing yourself and during during exercise they tell you to smile because it literally helps your endorphins yeah. so you were you were doing yes. all the things you're supposed to do <laughs> yeah so i have a question about when you were diagnosed and i if this is too personal i just no no i'm just curious you said that you you had a mammogram at 40 right you checked that box is what you're supposed to do yeah but then six months later you were diagnosed so if you were clean at 40 what tipped you off six months later that something was up? Great question. Yeah, it was actually a little over a year after my first mammogram. It was about six months after I did that stupid half marathon. <laughs> oh, sorry. I get the time um, but No, no. And the answer is, I don't know. They didn't, you know, they didn't really know why. Um, 
I had, so when I had my first mammogram, I had um, one of the 3D ultrasounds, which are newer when it comes to mammography. And I had some dense breast tissue and I had some like fibroid cysts, which apparently puts you at an increased risk for breast cancer later on. But I had no family history, no one in my family with cancer, period. So I don't know. I think I just drew the short straw. Like, um, how did you know something happened that made you go, I need to go to the doctor and get this checked out? I could feel a lump. Okay. And yeah. And I've talked to some of my friends about it because uh, I just had a friend who had a mammogram and she said, I have dense breast. Everything's normal, but I have dense breast tissue. And I, I said, well, don't worry. If you feel a lump, you will know. And she said, I don't think I'll know. It feels like a frozen pea underneath your skin. What a great description. So I could, and no one had ever described it to me like that before. So for a little while, I was like, oh, this is nothing. Oh, this is like a frozen pea to me didn't equal a lump. Sure. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And so I kind of explained it away, like, it'll go away. It'll go away. And then my husband said, will you call the damn doctor and just get it checked out? This sounds familiar. Like, like I have someone. I have. I, have, <laughs> I don't want to name any names, but I have a, a, a wife <laughs> that also does not like to go to the doctor, and I have to push her into it. I. It's a role reversal because normally it's the guy that won't go to the doctor. I, every year I go to the doctor. He is a good doctor goer. Yeah, <laughs> it's the one. Yeah. Healthy thing I do. Oh, I'm glad your your husband was like, you need to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm busy, and I'll get to it. He's like, no, call the doctor. And you said, so looking back on it, it kind of makes sense. I had gone to the doctor for years saying, gosh, I'm tired all the time. I have no energy. I could sleep 12 hours and wake up and still want to sleep. And with a lot of women, I think my doctor, who is not my doctor anymore, uh, <laughs> said, oh, well, you know, how much of that is you being a working mom with little kids and, and waking up early, you know, waking up at four or five in the morning to do your job. And so I kind of explained the fatigue away too. And after I was diagnosed with cancer and went through all my treatment and had uh, NED, no evidence of disease, I wanted to figure out why at 41, when I ran a half marathon six months before and thought I was healthy, right. um, when I would go to the doctor, they would ask me questions. And I'm like, other than this cancer, I am totally healthy. <laughs> 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 I tried to figure out like what caused this. It was driving me crazy. So I started seeing a naturopathic doctor and they ran all these tests. And I learned that I had, I had a lot of inflammation I had some food allergies, which is maybe another weird reason why I watch all these cooking shows. Cause I watch things that I can't watch them make things I can't eat anymore. But I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease, which a lot of people treat like celiac disease. Right. So I had to cut out gluten, which is so, I mean, that was like, yeah, that was maybe a bigger loss than breaking my jaw, like cutting all the gluten <laughs> out of my life. Well, I guess breaking um, your jaw did technically cut gluten out of your And then, you know, as we would be doing all these different tests, then at one point my doctor said, let's 
see with one of these markers, it seems like your body's still inflamed. Let's try not eating any dairy for like three months and then we'll test. And I would, every time one of these things would come up, I would say, that's fine. They're going to test. The blood work's going to be exactly the same. And then I can go back to eating cheese and eating ice cream. My levels would, I mean, my levels took a nosedive. So I was like, okay, apparently I can't have dairy anymore because dairy is, I have some sort of sensitivity to dairy. Oh no. So I've cut out some of these things for my diet. My diet's pretty strict now, but I've seen a difference in all of my CT scans and my tumors. They've stayed pretty stable. So, so the answer is, you know, I'm living with stage four cancer, but I feel better and I feel healthier than I did before I was diagnosed. Well, that's fascinating. It is. Wow. Wow. So when you say that it's like the, the cancer in your lungs right now is like, it's just like super tiny and they really can't treat it. So is it just, they just watch it and see what happens? Is there a, is there a chance that because it's so small, eventually your body will knock it down or is it kind of like it's always going to be there and you just got to keep it in on your periphery? Well, right now I get a CT scan every three months so they can check the sure. size of the tumors. I'm on a maintenance drug that slows down the growth of the, of any cancer cells, but it also slows down the growth of your healthy cells too. So my white blood cells and red blood cells are lower than the average person's which is one of the reasons I bought a Peloton because I realized that I was not going back into a gym anytime soon. Sure. And yeah, so they just keep, they keep a close eye on it. And hopefully, I, I mean, I feel like every six months there's a new cancer drug that comes out. So my goal is always like, you know, don't think about what's going to happen 10 years from now. Think about what is going to come out six months from now yeah. that can maybe help. That's a, Great outlook. It is. I'm always amazed when we have chats with people who are battling cancer, have battled cancer or any, any kind of illness, difficult thing they've gone through. I find it amazing because so many people have this really positive outlook. And I just feel like everybody thinks that that's so easy. And, and I just, I'm here to tell you it's not like it's, it's not, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not a naturally positive person. I think of the worst case scenario with everything and uh, sorry, Tom. She, it's because she's a project manager, right? <laughs> like that's, I would say this girl is that, it's, project yeah. manager. it's your job yeah. to come to find the worst case scenario and then prepare for it where I'm in marketing. So it's my job to be like, it'll probably be fine. <laughs> Let's do this. Right. Right. That's You're like, Tom is like my husband. Tom is like my husband. And I used to say, I don't understand why you worry about things that haven't even happened yet. And I would say, I worry because you don't, I have to worry for two people. (laughs) I I just used, yeah, I just used to worry about everything. And then it's so funny because all the things that I worried about never happened. And then I never worried about cancer and it just, you know, it blindsides you. So I realized like, there's no point in worrying about things that haven't happened yet because they might not. Yeah. Um, it's still hard with the cancer mindset. Like when every CT scan comes up, I warn my husband, like, I'm sorry, I'm going to be sure. really crap for the week before. We um, interviewed uh, one of our interviewees, Susie Barris, and she has, she has a 
clear scans now, but she was diagnosed with brain cancer. But every time she has a new scan, because she has to have hers very often uh, also, um, she calls it scanxiety. And I love that term. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would think that oh, yeah. that's, the, that's probably exactly what you're describing, right? That it's like, it's coming up. It could start all over again. You don't know what it's going to bring. You don't know what it's going to do. Right. Yeah. You have to go through a yeah. roller coaster probably. Yeah. It's just the, I mean, it is, that is the unknown, the thing you can't control. And there were days where I would walk into the office feeling like, this is great. I can do this. And then the floor would drop out from underneath me. And then there were other times where I worried and everything was fine. There's no rhyme or reason. Like I can't, like worrying doesn't change the outcome. Yeah. And but I can, but I still worry sometimes. Sure, that's <laughs> human nature. Like it's, yeah, but, and, and, but also because, you know, you're on radio locally, you host a very popular morning show and you kind of did this in front of the whole yeah, world. Yeah. That takes a lot of, a lot of guts. Yeah. When I was first diagnosed, I knew I was going to have to be out for a while on medical leave. And I remember my bosses telling me, you don't have to talk about this. We can just say you're out. And I said, well, that's, that puts my coworkers in a weird spot. Sure. But I also sat and talked with my friends and we said, what, like, what, what is the goal of this? And one of the goals for me was I was so young. I had no family history there was so much that I learned after being diagnosed. And I thought if I can get one woman who's been putting off a mammogram to get her mammogram, then it's worth talking about. I don't feel like it was someone's plan to have me have cancer so I could talk about it on the radio, but one of those things, like I do have a microphone in front of me every day right. and it would be a great disservice if I didn't talk about it. It's something like, let's talk about real stuff, real ugly stuff. And I did. And that first day the phones rang and people said, I've been putting off my mammogram. I'm going to get it. A year after I was diagnosed, I kind of, I wrote a blog about the one year anniversary and how there was so much uncertainty in my life. And I was so worried, but I'm still here. And a woman said, she had a lump in her breast and she read that article and everything she was afraid of. She was like, okay, Jen did this. She's still here. I'm going to go get a mammogram. And she found out she had cancer and she caught it early. Wow. And things like that. I'm like, wow. Okay. Cause I just know, I mean, when I was diagnosed, it was my daughter's half birthday, which I, blame the schools for because you know they <laughs> <laughs> it's not a thing but uh we started it with my son he has a summer birthday so they used to always celebrate his half sure. birthday at school. yeah that, that makes sense for the summer kids yeah yeah but then much like being the person who gives out full-size candy bars for halloween like you have to realize that if you do it once you have to commit long term so uh -huh. I didn't really think it through. So then when my daughter, you know, my daughter wanted a half birthday as well. And I had my biopsy on a Monday and it was a Thursday. It was her half birthday. We had just put the cake in the oven and the phone rang and it was my doctor telling me that I had cancer. 
and so they tell you over the phone. Like I always think that's a, I always, I always assume that was a coming to the office conversation. So they'll tell you over the phone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was my, uh, it was my OBGYN. So I had known him for a long time. Gotcha. Uh, and he, he called me about it and, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I still have to get this damn cake out of the oven. <laughs> and I think that's, you know, that's another, that's something else behind trying to stay positive with kids. You know, you still have to get up and get out of bed and take care of them. If it weren't for them, it, you know, I might've just stayed in bed every day. I don't know. Kids, um, but kids. I had a three. They don't care. They pull. <laughs> They're like, yeah, that sucks for you, mom. Anyway, where are my socks? <laughs> where's my, where's my cake? And why are there no sprinkles on it? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah. So my daughter, when I was diagnosed, my daughter was three and a half and my son was seven. Well, actually he was, he turned seven a few weeks after that, but I was like, man, I have to be here for all the birthdays. Yeah. And yeah. now all these stupid, now I'm, now I'm really committed to these half birthday cakes. Yeah. Now I'm going to be making these till the end of time. <laughs> like they're going to be 47 and a half and I'm going to be baking them half birthday cakes. Here's how you get um, out of that. Make them, make them a gluten-free birthday. <laughs> and they're, they're like, I'm out. I'm good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I don't even remember what question. I'm just rambling. Oh, we do that all the time. Question was. I can't tell you how many times we forget the question. So <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about you experiencing all of this very publicly. Right. That's that's what started. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. So I think my kids were so young when it happened, and I realized that there are so many parents like me, you're so busy with work and kids and practices and, and just driving all over the place that you tend to put yourself last. Oh, I'll make that call to the doctor tomorrow. Oh, I forgot about it today. And I did that a lot. I would say, I'll, I'll do it when I get home from work. And then I would get home from work and I would have to pick the kids up from school. And once they were home, forget about it. And so they're, you know, it's, it's embarrassing to say that part of the reason I put off calling the doctor was because I forgot and I didn't make myself a priority. And especially when you're young and you have an aggressive form of cancer, like those days matter. Absolutely. That's, yeah. that's a good message to hear because yeah. I am absolutely guilty of that. And I know, I know a lot of people. I think everybody is. is guilty yeah. of that. Yeah. Because well, I, I think also everybody has the mentality and more often than not, you're right. Statistically, but everybody's got the mentality of, but that not to me, or, like this isn't going right. to me. Like, I don't want to, I yeah. don't want to overreact. Right. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to make a yeah. big deal out of nothing. I don't want to go to the doctor and they're going to be like, you know, <laughs> see, and that's where I'm different. Cause I, I know. will totally over. <laughs> you don't overreact. I'm all about the overreact. That's not true. <laughs> the hell is that supposed to be? I'm sorry. I just uh, so how, yeah. How many times do you not want to go to the? You're like, oh, I don't want to have to take a half day of work to yeah. go to the doctor, and they're just gonna tell me it's nothing. Right. Like that was another thing. It's like I'm just gonna waste a day where they're gonna tell me it's yeah. nothing. Exactly. Like, do you know how many doctor's appointments I've had to go to now because I thought it was nothing? A lot. 
And then, a lot more than that one. And Fair then, point. like, at some point, the doctor stops giving you a lollipop at the end. <laughs> like that. <laughs> I they, still ask for a sticker. I think if they kept giving lollipops. You think that would do it? People would go more. <laughs> so, you, you mentioned earlier that you thought it would probably be a while before you would go back to the gym. And I've been reading a lot of articles talking about how there's a lot of people that don't ever plan on going back to the gym. Now that you have your Peloton, where do you fall? Do you have a plan? Like, are you like definite in one camp or another? I wouldn't I mean, I think just with my health and my suppressed immune system that I'll probably be one of the last people to <laughs> until there's a vaccine. I right. probably won't go to a gym just to be safe. Um, and I think all gyms are different. And in terms of, I think we're learning more every day in terms of safety protocols and what works and what doesn't, but the Peloton is a game changer. Yeah. Like I didn't understand for a long time what the fuss was, (laughs) but I knew I had so many friends who were passionate about it and loved it. And I don't even know, I think I saw the Peloton van in my neighborhood and I was like, and then a week later, everything shut down and I impulsively like bought a Peloton, not even having taken that many spin classes. I was more of a yoga person and I love it. (laughs) I mean, I love it. At the beginning of COVID, it was the only thing I feel like that kept me sane because everything was so stressful. And I would get on that bike for 20 or 30 minutes at night. And it was just my stress reliever. It's like, you can let, so it kept me from, yeah, it kept me from losing my mind. Well, I'm curious, since you did yoga before, have you tried any of the Peloton yoga content? I have a little bit. And now they, I know they have some that the whole family can do. So my kids were really into that. I do a lot of the meditation too. Yes. Oh, what were you going to say about yoga, Tom? No, I was (laughs) just saying, so your kids were into that. That's, that's cool. Yeah. I think they, when they can join in, I think, although then I have to do a workout after they leave because most the, of the, the yoga really with work. them is like, yeah, <laughs> no, that's not, no, you're going to hurt yourself. No, yeah. it's, <laughs> <laughs> not really. That's not really it. Yeah. Um, but I love the Peloton meditation. Who's your, who's your favorite um, voice to listen to? I love Aditi and Ross Rayburn. Yes. And I've done a few other ones, but they were the first two that I would listen to. I would do the sleep meditations at night. And then when I broke my jaw and my wrist and I couldn't be on the Peloton, but, you know, still addicted to it, (laughs) I was doing the healing meditations, which really helped too. I think those are good for just, you know, if you're an athlete recovering, it kind of helps you with your your mindset that the pain isn't all you can kind of like breathe through the pain a little bit. That's smart. That was really smart. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought of that. I I get a little too in my box sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Great though, because I fall asleep before they're done and I love them. I do too. (laughs) I do too. I I know you're supposed to sit upright and what's that? I fall asleep before she starts. I'm a quick follow. He is. He can sleep anywhere. I can fall asleep right now. We'll see. <laughs> what are you trying to say? No, I'm just saying I can fall asleep. I'm really good at it. I can fall asleep anywhere. I have my 
my youngest son was like that. And I have, yes. when he was younger, I have a collection of photos of him falling asleep in weird places, grocery carts, laundry baskets. Yeah. Assorted rock concerts. Rock concerts, <laughs> like hockey game. Yeah. No, no earplugs either. Yeah. The just, dude can just fall asleep. Anyway. Like, <laughs> yeah. If you and your son are like that, they need to study you. Like, <laughs> what is your body producing that you, I mean, if you could bottle that, you would be rich a millionaire yeah wow. i want it whatever it is for sure <laughs> yeah me too it doesn't help being next to him i'll tell you that because i also snore yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> so uh who's your who's your preferred instructor again i think it always goes back to like the first person like the first ride you do or the first meditation that you listen to when i first got my bike one of my friends suggested some some different instructors and the first class I took was with Cody and it was so fun mm -hmm. I mean it didn't really feel like working out and that's it for me like I'm not a hardcore I'm not working on like increasing my performance you know it's great if I have a if I PR but I just want to have fun I want to laugh a little bit it's all for stress relief for me and to you know you get some exercise in too that's a plus so I love Cody. My <laughs> husband, Alex Toussaint is his guy, but every once in a while I'm like, take a Cody ride. And he took the Britney Spears. He didn't realize he was taking a Britney Spears <laughs> ride, <laughs> but it was so great. <laughs> That's awesome. I think your husband just tells you it's Alex Toussaint. So he does. So he doesn't have to say one of the the female instructors. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm totally taking a ride with one of the guys. Yeah, honey. what? They're female instructors. <laughs> I didn't even know. Good. <laughs> Good that they're so diverse. <laughs> I, I my mind. <laughs> so, how about? Um, um, but I don't know about you. Oh, I was sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. It's your interview. <laughs> no, I was gonna ask Crystal. I don't know about you, but a lot of times I pick the. I'm going to take based on the music. Like I will. I'm the opposite. It's not a live ride. I, I'm. It's I funny the playlist, uh, and I'm like, yes or no. Every once in a while, I'll be in that place where I'm in a certain mood, and I need to go find something that matches that mood. But usually, just picking an instructor based on my mood works. It really doesn't matter what class it is. You know, it's like if I'm in a mood to to laugh and have fun, like you were just describing. For me, that's a Jen Sherman type of ride. And if I'm in a mood to like, I need to process my feelings and things like that, then Christine is your girl. And if I'm in a mood to have somebody kick my ass, then Robin, you know, and it's just, it just depends. And then I just pick that person and enjoy whatever class they take. I, I really can take any class just about and enjoy it. There are very few times that I have taken a class and been like, that really didn't hit the spot. Very, very few times that that's happened. I, yeah. I, I don't even think it's been like three. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. <laughs> but there are so many classes you're like a kid in a candy store like what class am I going to take yeah that's I hardly ever go back and take old classes I always take new classes and it's like I have like a list going of things that I want to do I'm actually this weekend on Sunday I'm going to attempt to walk fast 26 miles on my treadmill and I'm going to uh we're going to see if this works I, I don't know uh and <laughs> And, and the whole point of that is I'm going to do Peloton class back to back to back. And there are like all these classes I haven't gotten to do on the tread. So I'm kind of excited about doing a 
So you're going to do a marathon on the tread with all these back-to-back classes. That's the plan. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> well, well, let's we'll check in on Sunday afternoon. See how I'm doing. <laughs> you better, Tom, you know, you, you're all about the snacks. You better get her some good snacks to eat while she's on the treadmill. I told him he's my water boy. Yeah, she's got them all laid out on the counter, and I'll bring them down in shifts. <laughs> I've got a whole, I've got a, I've got a whole five minute routine about bringing her goo packets. Yes, so he's got to bring goo packets. Yeah, like, and, oh, I'll bring you some goo. Oh, Tom. Like, what? No. Just the tip of the. Oh iceberg. no. The no. tip. Oh, I'll bring you so anyway. <laughs> What about uh, the Facebook communities? Have you been have you been joining any of those? And what are your thoughts on them, if you have? Well, I'm part of the St. Louis Peloton page. You might have heard of it. I have. <laughs> she started it. <laughs> uh, yeah. And when I so you've also interviewed. Uh, we have a mutual friend, Terry Grieg. And when I first told her I bought a Peloton, I was like, Oh my gosh, I finally bought a Peloton. You know, she had been talking about it too. She's like, oh, it's so great. You should join the, the St. Louis Facebook page. And I think within the first week I jumped, you know, the whole St. Louis community did a ride together. And so I really love it. I haven't done a whole, I need to do more digging. I heard you talking about like people reselling Peloton clothes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's a thing. So we're doing that instead of a 401k. <laughs> Right. I told my husband about it. I'm like, by the way, I think I found my new, uh, my new side hustle here. <laughs> so, no, actually I've been one of those people where I haven't bought any Peloton clothes yet. I look at them and I'm like, they're so cute. Do I really need this? And, and then I go back and like the next week they're gone. And it's apparently because they're being sold for 10 times, 10 times more on these Facebook pages. It kills me how much business the boutique does when I'm like by virtue of definition you're doing this at home mm-hmm. like nobody's seeing you in this stuff it's, it's true <laughs> should be down here in like in like bicycles like just we like bike, to look gym cute. shorts we like to look cute Tom we like to look cute and and the thing is is that we like to represent Pelotons we love it and and it's just like she said they're so cute the clothes are amazing they're so cute I love them but yeah if here's, well, here's the, the thing is with the, the stuff if you want to buy it you literally have to buy it in the first hour or two when it comes out. So if you even think you want it, the concert tickets, you got to buy it, put it in your cart yes. and, and, and don't just leave it in your cart. Cause it can be taken out of your cart. You got to hit, you got to hit buy. And then when you buy it, if you don't want it, you can always send it back or resell it. That's what you got to have that mindset. Okay. This is good to know. <laughs> She's got all the tips. I have all the tips. She's- I know. I know. She's a class. I feel like Crystal's. <laughs> Crystal's gonna be my spiritual Peloton guru here. I'm here for you anytime. She's, she's a lot of people's spiritual <laughs> Peloton guru. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you care to share your leaderboard name, or do you want to keep that on the DL? Yes. No, it's a uh, spin. The number two and remission. Spin to remission. Nice. That's that's perfect. That's appropriate. It is. And yeah. puts in positive, putting it out in the universe there. Absolutely. And, uh, and do you have any advice for people who are just getting fit, like just starting their fitness journey? Yeah, I think when working out feels like a chore, you're not going to make it a habit. 
when it's fun, you look forward to it and you carve out time in your day. At least I feel like I do. So I try to make it fun. And I go back every once in a while and take one of the old classes that I've done just to see what my progress is. Because for a while, I just felt like, okay, I'm just going through the motions every day, like working really hard. But how do you, how do I know if I'm getting stronger? And then I took like the first ride I ever did. And all I did was follow myself on the leaderboard and watch, <laughs> watch the games that I had made. And I felt really proud. So it, like they say, it's taken a lot for me to hide that leaderboard because I get like so, but, but it really is like, you're only in competition with yourself. And I learned that especially when I had my injury, because I know that I wanted to get back on the Peloton. And as soon as my doctor said it was okay, I was riding one-handed because <laughs> <laughs> my hand's still in a, but I know that exercise helps your body heal and repair. And I knew it was good for me to get back on the bike, but I mean, oh, I, I looked at, I mean, you I wasn't even close to my personal to record. The, I was you have to let the ego go. Terrible. And that's hard. And that's you have hard. to and you probably had to pick classes where you didn't like the music so you wouldn't try and sing along. (laughs) It was hard at the beginning because I couldn't breathe. I couldn't exhale through my mouth. Like it was so intense and I'm trying to get all the air out and my teeth were like (laughs) blocking it. So that was another, that kind of restricted my exercise. (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah like you you never know what somebody else is going through so you might pass them on the leaderboard but you know everyone's just going through their own stuff every day and everybody's bikes a little different too so like yeah there's it's all apples to oranges you could come over and and try my bike and you would probably find that it's different in some way whether it be harder or easier than your bike you would probably be shocked at how different it feels oh wow yeah Mm -hmm. they're all a little different so yeah it's you can't put any stock in that ultimately really no. so well thank you so much for joining us today where uh where can people find you on on social media on social media uh on instagram and twitter it's at y98gen and on facebook jen myers and, m-y-e-r-s and when do you uh when do you start back up on the radio monday, monday. Oh. so you actually yeah. did this before you went back to radio you just got the wires off today right yesterday yesterday i got the yesterday yeah so the, the, do we do are you in trouble for talking to us first <laughs> i don't know maybe you have to maybe cut this part out. We have to embark for this. <laughs> i'm not on the air on monday then you know yeah uh-oh. uh-oh we won't we won't be airing it until after you go back you'll be safe they yeah. won't know we're not that fast so and, and also real quick before we go because obviously most of our listeners are not in St. Louis. If people from other cities would like to listen to you on the radio, how can they do that online? Where can they find you? Oh, yeah. So they can listen to Y98 on the radio.com app. You can download it wherever you download your favorite apps. And it's Y98. And the morning show is The Wake Up with Jen and Tim. Awesome. awesome. And hopefully that will stop your bosses from being mad. Yeah, about you, you just having plugged done this your trying to. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You saved me. You're welcome. I'm I'm a saver. (laughs) Thank you again, not only for doing this, but uh, your patience. Yes. (laughs) Oh, please. 
No, thank you for having me. I, you know, I feel like I'm a Peloton newbie and I'm still learning from so many other people. So well, I feel like you have, <laughs> I'm sure some people, people are like, she knows nothing about Peloton. What a well, waste of time. No, <laughs> maybe, no, maybe you don't know a lot about Peloton, but I think you had a lot of other important things to teach people. Absolutely. And you know, one of the great things about the community is they will embrace that. They, yeah. they are, they are very loving community, except for the OPP. They don't count yeah, the, the original, Pel the official Peloton page. They get kind of nasty over there, but in general, most <laughs> people are wonderful and, and they are very loving and they're going to be supportive. They're going to be excited that uh, you shared your story and they're going to, you're probably going to get messages from people randomly telling you how much they appreciate you. So, yeah. Well, and I appreciate the community. That's another thing that I didn't realize. Like I thought it was just going to be me on a bike and man, like there definitely is a community for sure. So, for sure. Well, thank you again for spending so much time with yes. us. Please enjoy the rest of your evening and your weekend. <laughs> and be careful if you go out there on the road. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. Uh, good luck on your treadmill marathon this weekend. <laughs> Thanks. I'm going to need it. <laughs> I'm going to need it. You know how many times I go up and down the stairs? I'm the yeah. You're the real victim. I'm the real hero here. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> we'll see you later. Bye. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I guess that brings this one to an end. What, pray tell, do you have in store for people next week? We are going to talk to Donna Carr. Uh, Donna Carr uh, was involved, like her, she was affected by the Paradise Fire. That, oh, okay. You know, that happened yeah. in, in California. And we're going to hear her story and how she's doing now and how she relates it all to Peloton. So awesome. Very so, cool. So until then, where can people find you? People can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. They can find me on Instagram, Twitter, on the bike and of course the tread at Clubbot Crystal. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online, Facebook.com slash the clipout. While you're there, like the page, join the group. Uh, check out our website, theclipout.com. While you're there, sign up for the newsletter so you can get all the articles and pictures and videos and whatnot sent to you in one weekly digest. And, of course, don't forget our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash theclipout, where you can watch episodes in their entirety uh, in all of their HD glory. So <laughs> that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep peppering. And running. And running.